Wellness Force Radio, episode 54. You have this physical ailment. So let's try to figure out at what age, what happened that you're holding on to something that's causing you to have this physical ailment now. And I'll tell you what, from coaching my clients, I'd say probably like 90 to 95% of the time, there is something that the client does not see about themselves that is actually causing their physical issues. Welcome back to another episode. This is Josh Trent, your host. Thank you, my friend, for this little slice you're sharing here with me today on the podcast. This show is where I find you the most inspiring and passionate experts in behavior change and wellness technology. Every week, you and I will come together to learn from a world-class leader who's dedicating their life to driving real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. We are going deep today with holistic health coach and author of Transformative Nutrition, Michael Tamez. Today's show is brought to you by our sponsor, Perfect Supplements. I've been searching for products I can trust for the past 10 years, and now I'm honored to support this company who walks the talk with their values of non-GMO, organic, and pesticide-free real food supplements that support all of us on this wellness journey. Head over to perfectsupplements.com slash wellnessforce or enter code wellnessforce at checkout to get 10% off your next order. Michael's coming on Wellness Force today to share his 13-year story of overcoming severe sleep apnea, high blood pressure, advanced gum disease, and having to weed through layers of self-resentment only to transcend and transform his life after losing over 100 pounds. From doing the inner work, changing his behavior, starting from his heart and his mind, Michael Tamez was able to shift his functional relationship with food and realize his authentic self. If you've been listening to Wellness Force for a while, you'll really love this episode. And if you're brand new, this will be the perfect time for you to tap into the emotional intelligence piece and how our emotional intelligence relates to our weight loss. So before we jump into the episode with Michael Tamez, I want to thank you from the bottom of my feet all the way to my teeth for hitting 300 reviews on iTunes last week for my birthday. I was just bouncing up and down right now. I am so thankful for you listening to the show and supporting us. We had a review left by listener DD titled Authentic and Inspirational. She writes, when I found Josh Trent's podcast, I was immediately drawn to his personal story and how a devotion to wellness was his path to a happy and successful life. Through his work, it's clear that health is not about his identity and isn't just something to check off a to-do list. Given his background, his podcast is very authentic and acknowledges real-life issues and challenges that come with striving for a healthy lifestyle. In addition, the knowledge he's able to share with his audience demonstrates the amount of expertise he has in the health and fitness space. With guests that span topics from nutrition to goal-setting to sleep to living a better life, Josh views health from a holistic perspective and is great at identifying experts to share their knowledge on a wide range of topics. Definitely worth a listen if health, success, and happiness are things you're into. Thank you, Didi. High five right through the microphone. You are my new best friend. I really appreciate that so much. And most importantly, you tuning into the show. All right, you have heard me talk enough. Let's bring on our powerful guest, holistic health coach and author of Transformative Nutrition, who lost over 100 pounds, Michael Tamez. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, Josh. Thank you for having me on. It's such a pleasure. Man, I have been really looking forward to this interview. Last week, I read your book. And as I was talking to you about before we hit the record button, it brought up a ton of emotion in me and real gratitude that we've connected. You and I have similar stories in our health journey. I personally was at a point in my life where at 22, I weighed 280 pounds. So this show is really close to the heart for me. I am pumped that you're here today, man. In a few sentences, tell the audience kind of who you are, what you do, and why you do it. So I do holistic health coaching, and I recently wrote a book about my experience of losing 105 pounds and reversing sleep apnea and a bunch of other um, lifestyle-related illnesses. And it's a powerful book that we're going to dive deep into today, Michael. But before we do, man, I mean, what's something fun or unique that most people might not know about you? I love baseball. I, I always have, and that's one thing that I, I love to play it. I love to watch it. I, I love everything about it. What's your favorite team? Growing up in Chicago, I used to... I used to like the Cubs and then I went to the Sox and then you are completely looked at as, as a trader when you do that <laughs> in Chicago, kind of like, you know, kind of like in New York when you like the Mets and the, and the Yankees. And I actually like the minors. Uh, the minors are fun because 
you see these guys getting paid and, and they want to make the big. So they're just playing their hearts out, not for the paycheck, but for the love of the game. Ooh, so, I love how cool. you put that, man. Well, Michael, we're talking about something powerful today and it's transformation, not just some buzzword that's all over Google, but what it really takes to make radical shifts in our food, our lives and our thoughts to be strong people. As we kind of lay the foundation for your story, which by the way, man, I, I feel like your story is going to be a movie one day, but I think it's important for us to understand the emotion and the events behind your weight gain, what eventually became your life's work as well. So let's pull back the clock a little bit, because when you were a kid, you were happy, you played a lot of sports, you were active as a youth, but then in high school, you met this girl, this specific girl, and you fell in love. That's when things began to take another road, kind of away from your wellness. What happened in high school? Yeah. So in high school, like I said, I was into baseball. I was on, you know, I was a superstar on the team. I had pro scouts looking at me, you know, saying, you know, they, you know, they were, they were um, trying to get me into the colleges and, you know, my coach was telling me that I could go all the way, you know, I could have a cup of coffee with the bigs and I had everything going for me. You know, I had my professional baseball career lined up and I had, and I was totally like, you know, this is it. You know, I had no plan B. That was, that was my plan. That was it because I was good at it. And then I met this girl. I was about 17 years old in June, in my junior year of high school, back in 1997. And I fell in love. And long story short, we moved in together because she became pregnant. She gave birth to the child and we raised the child together for about a year and a half. And, you know, she started, um, she started doing these like all nighters with friends and going and disappearing. And, and I, I wouldn't like, I couldn't figure out what was going on. So, you know, I started investigating a little bit and, and I found out that she was actually cheating on me the whole time and the child actually wasn't mine. So that created a very depressive state in my life. And I just started like not caring about anything because at, at this point I was about 19 years old you know, that's a lot of oh, stuff to do. Man, with when you're 19, that. like it's not, ex <laughs> no. it's not as if you have a ton of life experience to have emotional constitution exactly. about. So what happened? I mean, obviously you were crushed, but this flashpoint, like things really changed. What role did food play going forward? Oh, food was my drug. It was my, my emotional release. It was my physical addiction. It was everything and anything. I mean, I stuffed my face as if I was stuffing my emotions down and back far away into a deep place where I wouldn't have to deal with them because that was the best I knew at that age, at that time period in my life, you know, and I, I just, I ate like crap. I mean, I put on 70 pounds in about a year and a half and I, I seriously ballooned. And in that time period, I actually started falling asleep during the day. And at this point, you know, I was so far away from baseball. I just like, it was like whatever on that, you know, and, and I didn't even have that in my mind. I was just trying to survive and live. So I started working a nine to five and, you know, did the, the, the everyday life thing and just got into that groove mm. and created a life for myself that I didn't foresee. And it's, it's not something that I wanted, but it was something that I kind of had to do because I needed to have money for myself now because I was raising this what was supposed to be a family, yeah. what I thought was. Um, well, when I found out she was cheating on me, I kicked her out of the house and everything. And then, then it got to the point where I was falling asleep during the day and I was really scared because at, at this point I was about 20 years old. I fell asleep driving and got into a car accident on the highway. Hmm. And that really scared the crap out of me <laughs> because I didn't know what was wrong. And I knew that at my age, at 20 years old at that time, I knew that was not normal. So I had to figure out what was going on. So I went for um, my actually uh, the place I was working for put me on a medical leave immediately and sent me for uh, physical. They sent me for the doctor right away. The doctor um, diagnosed me with high blood pressure. I mean, it was it was pretty high. It was like two something over like one twenty something. It was pretty well, high. What were you eating? Like, were, what were you eating and drinking in this time where you gained the seventy pounds? In this time, when I gained the seventy pounds, I was eating fast food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I would go to like McDonald's and get the, you know, the, the breakfast meal and I would add a hash brown on it and I would make it supersized. And sometimes I would even get an extra uh, McMuffin thing on top of it. And I kid you not, that is what I ate almost every single day. And then for lunch, I would have like a, a double, um, 
a double hamburger. Oh man, supersized as well. At uh, you know, yeah. probably like Burger King or something. I don't even remember. And then for for dinner, I would go to like Taco Bell or I go to Wendy's or something, and do the same thing. And I would just like stuff my face silly. I mean, it was just it was just ridiculous. Mm. I didn't even I didn't even know what I was doing. I look back now, fifteen years later, and I'm like. Whoa, I was so unconscious. I didn't even realize that I was doing that. And this is a powerful thing. I want to chime in here because when you talk about I was unconscious, we're going to go into so many different chapters today that you've powerfully written in Transformative Nutrition. But you said this key phrase where you were unconscious. But really, the unconsciousness that I find with a lot of people in America is that they're not aware of the chemicals that are in food that are so addictive. We'll touch on that later in the interview. But man, 70 pounds doesn't happen by chance. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was a direct piece where you were unconsciously eating, what was this mental and emotional imbalance that you were feeling? What do you think you needed then? I mean, what did you need that you weren't getting at that time? You know what? I didn't know. I just, I just ate because I felt good. It felt good to eat. And I didn't care what anybody said, what anybody thought. And that was just it right there. And, you know, I got to the point where, okay, so, so the doctor had me go for a sleep study because he suspected I had sleep apnea. And sure enough, the, the results of the sleep, sleep study came back and I had severe obstructive sleep apnea, um, which is, you know, I'm sure listeners have an understanding of what that is. You basically stop breathing during the night and you wake up gasping for air, basically feel like you're dying when you're trying to sleep. So that's why you don't get a quality sleep when you wake up and then you fall asleep during the day. And that's, that's, that was, that's what was happening to me. So I slept with a, a CPAP machine, which forces air down your throat during the, during the night. And I got amazing sleep. But I continue with my sedentary, um, sedentary lifestyle and nutritionally void way of eating for a little while after that. And then it got to the point where I was getting winded walking upstairs and tying my shoes. And I was like, okay, I have to do something now. Otherwise, I'm going to end up dead or have mm. a heart attack or stroke or something. At 21 years old, this is not good. So 21, you cannot walk upstairs. I'm 21 years old. I could walk upstairs, but I would be so winded. I'd have to sit down and it'd be like, um, what is going on here? And my dad would, my dad was always in shape and he would have a, um, he had a, like a little workout room and he would always, he, he would kind of indirectly say, Hey, um, you know, I love you, but you got to do something. Otherwise you're not going to be, you're not going to be healthy when you get older. Hmm. So New Year's Eve, 2001, I made a resolution and I stuck with it. And that whole year, I was committed to transforming my health. I didn't want to do any fad diets because back at this time in the early, this was like, you know, early 2000s, you know, the fad, you know, fad diet pills, all these uh, weight loss pills, you can eat whatever mm -hmm. and take this pill and you'll be fine. I'm sure everyone remembers sure, that. Which by the way, is still out there. It I mean, still that's is the truth. not as, yeah. not as heavily promoted and all over the, the media now, but people it, are getting smarter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But before yep. we were like, Oh my God, I can eat pizza and and, and drink beer and, and do all this and still lose Although, weight. Although, have, haven't you seen these pills, Michael, where it says, you know, if you take this pill, it'll absorb the carbs and then you can eat pizza and you can have cake. Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. Oh, so walk <laughs> us through this this weight loss. I mean, this is where you began the work, the physical work, the mental work. What did this look like, this physicality of losing weight? How much weight did you lose the first round? Yeah, it started with the physical. I started, I, I started working out and I did it the old-fashioned way. I, I started moving more, eating less. I started reading, researching, learning everything I possibly could about nutrition, healthy living, lifestyle, diet, all of it. I just wanted to soak it all up like a sponge. So fast forward a couple months, I started losing weight because I stuck with it and because I knew that I didn't want to do a fat diet. I knew I didn't want to do surgery. I knew I didn't want to do any invasive procedures or anything unnatural. I wanted to be 100% holistic with it. I knew that. So I was like, okay, well, let me just do this my way and figure out what works for me. Let me ask my body what's going on with it and see what it's trying to communicate with me. So I kind of checked in every, every few weeks or so and started with small realistic goals to begin my journey with because I knew ultimately I wanted to lose about 100 pounds. I wanted to reverse my sleep apnea and my, lower my blood pressure. But if I, if I started with that goal in mind, I would have been so overwhelmed. I would have just thrown in a towel like a lot of us do. You know, we start with these unrealistic goals yeah. and we give up on them because it's like, well, you're, you're, you're asking too much of yourself right away. You kind of have to ease into it and keep, make small steps that lead up to that ultimate goal that you have, you know? 
Yeah. And so how much actual weight did you go through uh, in this first phase of kind of letting go? So the first 10 months, so by fall, about October of that year, of the New Year's resolution year, I had lost 70 pounds. And I I looked and felt like a new person. And I looked back at pictures and it was like, wow. I looked at 21 years old, I looked older than I did then than I do now at 35. And I still, I look back at those pictures and it's like, wow, a completely different person. They are, dude, they are impressive pictures. We'll make sure to link those in the show notes today because wow, I mean, talk about transformation. You know, something came up for me when you're explaining that you lost the 70. What about regain? You know, did you have any experiences of regain? You know, I'm so excited to have you on the show today because we're honoring this work, this story that you've had. And just to talk about me for a second though, because it chimes in with your story. I went through 90 pounds of weight loss up and down. I mean, I lost, I gained, I did low carb, I did, you know, different variations of that. And the only thing that really worked for me was, as you call it, listening to my body. I mean, that was what I had to find. Did you have any cycles of regain? And in this 70 pounds experience, what did that look like? My 70 pounds never came back. And that's not because, not because of any diet or anything that I was following or doing. It was because I was listening to my body. And that's all our body wants from us. We always have communication from our body in the form of symptoms. It's kind of like when you're driving down the road in your car and your car has a check engine warning light. That is the same thing going on with our body when we have these symptoms going on. Say we're walking down the street and our leg starts hurting or we get inflammation or we have pain or something else is off that we know and that's the check, check engine warning light. It's like our body is saying, hey, boss. Something is off and you need to give it attention. You need to hmm. make a, a transformation here. You need to, you know, give attention to what is what it, the symptom is telling you because a symptom is, a, is our body's only way to communicate with us. It has no other way because, yes. you know, we, we have, I mean, we, it also communicates to us in the form of intuition and gut feeling, you know, the, this quote gut feeling. But a lot of the time, because it's so subtle and we live busy day-to-day -day lives, we tune those out a, little, a lot of the time because we're so active with all this stuff and all this, everything in our face, you know, all the distractions we have going on. But the physical symptoms are something you cannot, you cannot ignore because they're there and they're physically, you, you know, it's like, it's like the check engine warning light. You see it, you know, it's there. That's what this whole conversation is about in that diets don't work for sustainable weight loss. They really don't. And, you know, we still have these diet books and these gurus and these nutritionists coming out saying that you need to be eat this certain way and this way is the right way and all these other ways are garbage. Well, you know what? We are unbelievably unique as individuals, as a human species, unique in unique digestive systems, unique organs, unique um, backgrounds and racial uh, ancestry. Everything is unique about us. So one way of eating or living may work wonders for one person. It may work wonderful, wonderful for me, but it may be poison to you or your brother or your sister. So that's why listening to your body is the most powerful way, most powerful approach to transforming your health, losing weight or, or reaching your health goals. When you listen to your body, you can actually create a personalized health and wellness plan that specifically fits your body's wants and needs. And I, in my experience, there's no diet book or or nutritional approach out there that that encourages this. You know, they're all saying that this that their way, their their research or their their case studies are, you know, because it shows this works for a group of people, works for everyone, but realistically that's not the case because there's entire cultures and civilizations that can't handle dairy, that can't process wheat or gluten, and we're understanding this now and this is the number one reason why diets alone are not the answer for for permanent weight loss. Yeah. So this mental and emotional imbalance is really a hidden key. Like you said, there's clues, right? For success and then also for disease or for poor health. It reminds me of an episode we had with David Zappazotti. I have to link you two up. I think you guys would have amazing conversations. He, he referenced overeating food as an act of aggression. Mm. And I get, I draw this parallel between what happened to you uh, from high school when you had these things happen. Eating food became this way, not only to mash down the emotions, but also to express your anger. Does that resonate with you at all? 100%. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't until I addressed the mental and emotional underlying causes for me eating the way I did to become obese. It wasn't until then that I was able to truly 
transform my health inside out. Because I'll tell you what, anyone can lose weight. That, I mean, it's it's not hard to do. I mean, yeah, you got to put some effort into it. You got to get your butt off the couch. You got to get moving. You got to have less calories in, more activity out. That's that's the easy part. However, it's the the negative conversations in your head. It's the it's the whole emotions and the, the emotional baggage that, that that we tend to hold on to from previous things in the past. Like for me, it was that relationship. For someone else, it, it could be. Uh, a failed marriage. It could be a um, a job that they absolutely hate that they've been stuck at for 10 years. It could be uh, an emotional trauma that they've experienced 15 years ago. All these things cause us to turn to comfort foods and th- things like, you know, things like comfort foods when mm. it's totally normal to indulge in a comfort food every once in a while. But when you start using the comfort food to numb your emotions, then it becomes a drug and that's just covering the symptom, which the symptom is, you know, your body telling you, hey, something's off. You are becoming overweight or you have this, this inflammation going on. Mm-hmm. You need to really address the underlying cause of it, which is all this, all this trauma that's been held onto. And it took me digging really deep down and dealing with some stuff that came up that I really didn't want to deal with. And it was very scary, very hard to deal with. I mean, I had, I had moments where I had anger, I had frustration, I had sadness, crying, you know, all these emotions came up for me, but I'll tell you what, it was incredibly healing for me to say as a man, it was incredibly healing to deal with that stuff because a lot of the time, you know, men especially suppress a lot of emotions and it's just a natural, it's a natural tendency of our gender, you know, men to, to do mm-hmm. this. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially being with a very open and intuitive woman, I'm married to this incredible woman. She's a yoga instructor. She'll, she's very in tune with the feminine energy and, and the, the interaction between the masculine and, and she sees and she totally understands it. She's actually opened me up to a whole world of possibility, understanding how men suppress this part of themselves when the most healing thing that a man can do is experience it, feel it, you know, go through it and, and, and then just move on. This is powerful. This is extremely powerful because we've had many guests that hit that same nail on the head that you just drove. And that is emotional intelligence and its relationship to weight loss, letting go of old weight. I almost say, man, you have this ultimate hero's journey, which is why I said earlier, this is going to be a movie. Like your life <laughs> will be a movie at some point. I mark my words. This, this little journey piece though, did not stop after you lost weight in a period of 18 months, you lost five people in your close family. These losses kind of pushed you to your edge as David Dita would say, and caused you to have a powerful breakthrough. You wrote in your book, those experiences were necessary in order for me to truly appreciate and understand where I am at in my life right now. Aside from my true story, my most significant inspiration to write the book comes from my biggest hero ever, my dad. He passed away in 2012 at the young age of 57 from Lou Gehrig's disease, otherwise known as ALS. Uh, Given a two-year life expectancy, that's not what happened though. What did he end up living towards? How many years was he alive and how did that experience help to shape your book? This ties into that emotional piece. It was one of the biggest inspirations for me to do what I do now and to be on this show right now. If it wasn't for that experience, I wouldn't be able to have the courage and have the awareness that I have. He was diagnosed in 2004 with a two-year life life expectancy, and he lived till to January of 2012, so 10 years. He lived eight years past his uh, diagnosis, which these days is pretty unheard of, and I attribute a lot of it to what I was going through at the time. I was just like, okay, we have to strip these cabinets bare, get rid of all the garbage, all the chemicals, out, 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 get the amalgams out of your, get them, get them removed, get the mercury out of your mouth, get this done, get this. I was like a drill sergeant and he was like all for it. He's like, I will do whatever. You, you, you be my <laughs> yeah. doctor because the doctor. He had seen your transformation. So he was trusting yes, in you. Exactly. And he was like, well, the doctors offer me no hope. They're like, here, take this medication. It'll give you three lives or three months uh, life expectancy. And we're, and we're like, are you serious? This is what modern medicine has to offer us with all the advances we've made, all the technology mm. we have. All you can say is, here's this medication, and you have three months longer to live? Yeah, wow. not not a solution that we're looking for. So we're like, okay, well, we're going to create solutions here. We're going to – so I just I just started researching even more, and I just became a sponge for anything and everything I could possibly – I want to know what, what caused it, what I could do 
what I can have him try to, to slow the progression of it. And believe it or not, every, everything that I tried, I would notice a significant halt in the progression of the, of the illness. Like he would regain strength back sometimes and he would have feeling back, especially after we had the amalgams removed. I, you know, I saw an incredible, um, I just, you could see it. And, and I really know that because of all the nutritional stuff that we were incorporating, it helped a lot. So it actually prolonged his life approximately eight years. But I mean, it got to the point where I firmly believe, I mean, this is, this probably goes cusping into contra, um, controversy is that the amount, the dental amalgams, the, which are, which can be like 50 to 80% mercury mm-hmm. because they're so close to the brain. Our brain is like a sponge. And when we chew and we have those, mer- those, those silver fillings, the mercury vapors released and immediately absorbed into the brain. And our brain is extremely, it, it's, it, it absorbs everything. Those vapors go directly to it and it affects our whole nervous system. And same thing with aluminum causing, you know, the possibility of it causing Alzheimer's. We have all this, we have the information now out there on the internet. You can look this stuff up, you know, if, if you feel inclined to. But I firmly believe that that's one of the biggest causes of, of this illness. But his, his determination to beat the illness was unlike anything I've ever witnessed in my life. He shared some stuff with me on his dying bed that I, I, I swear to you that no one would possibly be able to know unless they knew that their life was coming to an end. Hmm. He told me some things that I like totally blew my mind. He wanted me to get this information out there. He said, Mike, you have an incredible message. You have this gift. Share it with people. People need to know this information because there's a, there's a dying thirst for it and you have the water to quench that thirst. Man, I just got chills from that. That is so powerful. So here's a man who lived so much longer than everyone thought he would. And then this is what really drove you to write the book. You know, one of the things you're so passionate about, Michael, is the truth. You mentioned in an interview last year that you believe health coaching is the progressive solution to our broken medical system. I mean, this is the same system that gave your dad, you know, just a few sporadic months Mm -hmm. to live. And then he pounded it out for eight years and showed them, hey, there's other ways to live. What did you mean by that statement of health coaching is this progressive solution to our broken system? What parts of the system are broken? Well, first of all, the problem is that doctors just don't have the time. And they don't have the nutritional training that they, sh- they need to provide the, the counseling to their patients that, they, that, the, that the patients require. Doctors have very little to minimal, very minimal amount of understanding of, of how food affects how we feel, how we look, how we, how we live. And this is a problem because that's like one of the essential, that's like one of the essential elements to, to how we, you know, how, how we, how we feel. If you think about it, if we're feeding our body garbage, we're going to feel like garbage. We're going to start getting sick and doctors are not correlating this enough to the point where we can actually make progressive, you know, progressive movement forward with our healthcare system. This is why it's broken. You know, we go to the doctor and they're, they're pulling out the prescription pad and off you go. And it's like, okay, well, do you know what I'm dealing with in my job? Do you know the stress level that mm-hmm. I have? Do you know that I'm crying every night because I'm sad that my relationship ended or I lost my significant other or I, you know, all this stuff that could possibly be going on um, um, <clears throat> emotionally? They don't know this stuff because they're not asking. They don't have the time. They don't have the training. And yes, they can start, you know, um, start giving you referrals to other experts, but this is not, this is not also, this is, this is looking at it in pieces and we're not, our body's not that way. We are a holistic being. We're all, we're an interconnected vessel of parts and thoughts and emotions. And when you start parting it out to other experts in the field, such as, you know, giving referrals for this and referrals for that, then we're losing that connectedness that we're born with this innate ability to know and understand how our, how the mechanisms and how our organs work together and how our thoughts interact with digestion and, and how anger can, can affect our moods and, and how joy can affect our moods. And, you know, Hmm. once we get back to that understanding of holism, a holistic being, then that's moving more towards the solution, which is what health coaches and other people in, in, you know, similar to health coaching, nutritionists and, um, wellness, you know, wellness experts and stuff, 
they kind of look at the whole body and just have a conversation with their client. You know, health coaches are not trying to have people stop taking their medications and stop going to the doctor. No, we're actually working in in a collaboration with the doctor mm-hmm. and supporting them into looking deep into, okay, so you have this physical ailment. So let's try to figure out at what age, what happened that you're holding on to something that's causing you to have this physical ailment now. And I'll tell you what, from coaching my clients, I'd say probably like 90 to 95% of the time, there is something that the client does not see about themselves that is actually causing their physical issues. We'll get right back to the conversation with Michael. This is the perfect time to share with you a new supplement I've been weaving into my diet, Perfect Hydrolyzed Collagen. This powdered collagen from Perfect Supplements is sourced from, importantly, 100% grass-fed cattle, not just grass-finished. No hormones, synthetics, or pesticides. And this is the coolest thing. I get up in the morning, I mix this in water, and guess what it tastes like? Water. (laughs) My glass is packed with 10 grams of protein and all the health benefits of having non-GMO pasture-raised collagen in my diet. If you've been looking for an easier way to get all the benefits of collagen, joint integrity, and anti-inflammatory properties into your diet, hop on over to perfectsupplements.com slash wellnessforce. Enter coupon code wellnessforce all over the site. Get 10% off any of the natural and nutrient-dense superfoods that Perfect Supplements carries. Let's jump back to the powerful conversation with Michael Tamez. What's the commonality that you see kind of across the board or a couple commonalities in regards to your clients where they're just having a hard time letting go of something, which is an interesting metaphor because they're having that same hard time letting go of old weight? That is a very good analogy because, and that's a good question. And the commonality that I see, and it's very similar to what I dealt with, was holding on to resentment, anger, guilt from previous relationships whether it be from a significant other or a father, mother, brother, sister, cousin, it doesn't matter. It's kind of all the same because when you hold on to those kind of, um, those kind of thoughts and those kind of emotions, it's poisonous. It's poison to your system. It's poison to your body. It's poison to everything about you. It actually hinders you from reaching your, your weight loss goals or reaching your wellness goals, reaching anything you want to achieve in your life. It's, it's causing that blockage. And it's an interesting commonality that I see. And once people actually start looking at it, and I, in my coaching sessions and in my book especially, I ask these high mileage questions that really get people present to, okay, I'm living here now in this present moment. What am I holding on to? What can I do to actually dig down deep and remove the root cause of this issue? And that's where the power lies because we can cut the root at the soil level and, and it'll appear as our garden is weed free. But let me tell you, that root will grow back twice as, as strong, twice as big, twice as full. And then we have the whole garden's overtaken by weeds again because we just cut it at the surface and didn't get down to un- remove the whole root of the problem. Mm. And this is a radical metaphor because you actually completed a root clean out in 2011. You attended a landmark program. What impact did this have for you emotionally, physically, spiritually on your wellness? What it had for me was create a in landmark terms, it created a, an empty space to create whatever I wanted in my life. See, a lot of the time, what we deal with when, when we have issues, whether they, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, imbalance. Imbalance causes things that we don't want in, in our life. And a lot of the time, it, it usually ends up manifesting as illness because we kind of tend to not want to deal with the, the mental, emotional stuff. But you know, what I'm seeing is, is actually more powerful than the physical illness is the underlying mental emotional, because those are the things that we tend to hold on to for the, for our whole life. You know, you can, like I said, you can lose weight and you, you get rid of the weight and it's gone and you can keep the weight off for your, for your whole life. Right. That's, that's not so difficult, but if you hold on to some, some of this anger and resentment and guilt and judgment, for your whole life, just imagine what that'll do to your inside. Even if you appear to be physically fit or you appear to be healthy, just think of how unhealthy and imbalanced the mind and the, and the spirit is in that aspect. And 
getting to the to the root cause of that, I kind of like to look at it as an onion where all these things that we have going on, all this baggage is, is just another layer mm-hmm. of the onion to be peeled away. And we peel away and peel away layer after layer. And we don't even realize that we have so many layers because it's like we we're so used to living this way. And we have this conversation about whatever may have happened 15 years ago now in the present when yes, you can't change what happened to you. And you know, anyone that says you can is, you know, you gotta be delusional because what happened to you has shaped your present. It makes you who you are and your amazing self right now. But you can, you can actually change how you react to that. And you can actually choose to, you know, live in the present and not let that affect you now because, you know, this is the only moment you have and and re- replaying something that happened in the past over and over in the present is only going to keep you living in the past and that's not going to forward your growth you know to reaching your 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 future goals incredible because we've talked about this so much on the show you know how our old stories can direct our future health and our future selves and i almost feel like the reason people don't explore michael is because it's scary man when you peel the onion you're going to cry I mean, that's just how it goes, like, like, you know, in the kitchen or in your emotions and like, this is what happens. So I have recommended mastering transformational training, landmark training, new peaks. There's tons of programs that can really move the needle for people because until we uncover the roots that are way down there, yeah, you can trim the hedges, but they're going to grow back. Like Mm -hmm. you said, twice as strong. So let's transition a little bit. I want to give people some action steps, some things they can really start doing today. You wrote an article, actually a really solid article for food management. TV. It's called Five Daily Activities That Will Have an Impact on Your Health. Let's take this conversation through each one. First up is gardening. Quickly tell people why gardening is something that'll actually help them impact their health. Well, gardening is actually, I love gardening because it's one of my favorite subtle activities that can give you a little bit of a burn, burn some calories. You connect with nature. And when you grow your own food, you're, you're creating your own your own health. Like you, you're, you know, you don't have to worry about where does my produce come? Does it, is it organic? Is it GMO? Because you're growing it yourself. How rewarding is that to be able to go and say, all right, I want to have a sandwich today. I'm going to pick fresh tomatoes. I'm going to get some onions. I'm going to, you know, grab some lettuce all for my garden. And how about that for getting a little bit of a workout, connecting with nature and growing all your food with your own energy, your own love. And I can already I can already hear the people saying, well, what about if I live in an apartment complex? You know, there's tons of ways to get little boxes. I mean, there's always going to be a way. So gardening might be the number one. Next up is dancing. Why is dancing something that will have an impact on health? I mean, physically or spiritually, which one's more important for dancing? Oh, wow. They're they're both they're both so connected. I mean, dancing, dancing is actually it connects you with the heartbeat of the earth, especially when, you know, you're dancing to. Um, to music that's kind of has some ancient roots in it, you know, like some of like the, like African or drum beats, it really gets you more and gets you present to what is going on around you with, with where our connectedness, not only to earth, but to other people. And, you know, you sweat when you dance, especially if you're dancing to faster music. Yeah. And I, and I think it's so, it's incredibly powerful and, and it really gets, it gets you not only, in shape, but it can actually teach you something on your, tap into your creative side too. Number three, taking the stairs besides just being at work. I mean, what do you tell people that are dressed up in, you know, suits and dresses and can't sweat? Are they still going to get a benefit from taking the stairs as much as possible? Well, any, any, any form of walking is always, you're always going to be burning calories. So, I mean, if you don't mind getting a little sweaty, then, you know, I recommend taking the stairs, but you know, if you don't want to deal with that if you have a suit on and anything, but that's fine. There's other, you know, there's other ways around it. I mean, you could take a walk at night after dinner, you know, around the block, around the neighborhood, 30 minutes or whatever. That'll, that'll definitely be some subtle movement as well. Taking a walk can be so powerful, not just for our body, but like for our spirit and our mind and for digestion too. I mean, I love that you mentioned families taking walks on a previous interview, you know, different people that have had just tremendous results in weight loss just from walking, which is why I believe the technology can be so powerful. We can have a talk after the show about this, but, you know, using devices to actually track how you're showing up in your activity can be such a mirror of mindfulness. Number four, riding a bike. What for people that don't have bikes? I mean, 
what's what's something else that they can do um, as the fourth step for making an impact on their health? Now, if you have a bite, great. But if you don't, what's something else they can sub in? Well, I mean, there's there's many there's many things that you can sub in. One of my favorites is a very subtle activity, and it's called bouncing or rebounding. It's using basically a mini trampoline. It's about three feet wide, three feet across. And what you do, it's this, it's this um, bounce. It's called the health bounce, and you basically just bounce subtly up and down. And you can do it at a, at a slow pace of a health bounce, or you can start really bouncing about you know between a half a foot to a foot off the trampoline. But what that what that's doing is it's less it's taking some of the impact and stress off your knee joints and actually causing you to recycle your energy because you're using gravity to kind of work with your with your up and down movements. So on your way down you're using you're using gravity so you don't have to work as hard to get back up. So it's 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 kind of cool for, you know, elderly people and people that have bad knees or that have, you know, that don't want to have such a high impact kind of workout. And it's incredibly effective at circulating your lymphatic fluid because our lymphatic fluid flows in one direction and that's up and it has no pump. Unlike our blood, we have the heart to pump our blood. So the only way to circulate our lymphatic fluid is to bounce, to jump up and down. So doing the rebounding on a trampoline is incredible for, for circulating the lymph fluid. I love this. And it reminds me of the bounce houses we have here in San Diego. Have you ever been to a bounce house, Michael? Oh, the trampoline, like the trampoline uh, All Right, the park. trampoline yeah, park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like I'm going to challenge everyone, even if you feel like it might be a little scary right now, please, this month, schedule in the fun, go to a bounce house, like put it in your calendar now, pull over, don't use your phone while you're driving, <laughs> but still like do this because riding a bike isn't for everyone. Sometimes we need something else to enjoy. And I think that transitions perfectly into number five, the joy of walking. The last thing you put in your food matters article is deliberately parking far away. What do you mean by this? I mean, do you mean like when they're shopping? Like, is this every time they park their car, park far away? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we're, <laughs> especially in the United States, we are a entitlement, you know, we're like, okay, I got the first spot. I'm going to take it because I am i don't have time for this. I just need to park and get my, I need to get done here. I, I But I recommend going to the, you know, part of the lot where it's kind of, you know, a little desolate. I mean, What's, what's the, what's the, what's the harm in walking an extra 200 feet? Because, you know, you're going to burn some extra calories and, you know, you might, you might run into someone or something, you know, you might meet someone or, or make a new friend. I don't know. You know, I just, I, I try to see my daily activities as what can I do right now in my, in my daily choices that's going to not only cause me to get more physical activity, but also to have a, a smaller impact on the, on the planet and on our resources, you know, like even a lot of the time, if I, if I can condense some of my, um, some of my errands, I'll do that. Or if they're close enough, I'll ride my bike to them. You know, this is doing that kind of thing. It just, there's a double impact on that, not only with your health, but with the health of the planet. Mm. We'll make sure to link that article from Food Matters. Almost 2,000 people have shared that article. So I think there's some good tips in there. I want to talk about a key action step for somebody that's trying to lose a lot of weight. You and I both know what it's like to carry around another human on our body. <laughs> but for people that are trying to lose 40 pounds or more, what are some of the first key action steps they can trust that will move them in the right direction? Well, like I was saying a little bit earlier, start with the small realistic goals. I mean, that's that's in my opinion, you know, that's, that's where, that's where you want to be. Because when you do that, you, you create a stairway to that ultimate goal. And then when you reach that ultimate goal, you can look back and say, whoa, I didn't even realize that I was creating this amazing journey. And now that I'm at the top of this mountain, wow, that, that, that journey was amazing. And, you know, when you look at it, it's like these small realistic goals can be something like, I want to lose, you know, five pounds this week five pounds. Okay. Okay. End of month. All right. I reached that. Okay. Now I want to stop. I want to stop drinking soda. So that might be another, another goal to, to go after, or maybe I want to eat more greens or I want to start, you know, eating something, you know, so adding something in because I like to, I like to encourage people to crowd in. And that's a concept of crowding in crowd in instead of restrict, because a lot of the time when we, we restrict ourselves, from a specific food or a specific way of living or eating, our ego tends to come in and say, uh-uh, I don't think so. It, it, you know, we, it turns into this little defiant brat. 
And it's like, well, no, I'm going to eat that anyway, or I'm going to do this anyway. And we tend to kind of go back to eating that way. But when we start adding good things in and let the bad stuff stay there, like, okay, you want to eat pizza? You want to eat ice cream? Go right ahead, ego. You do that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to add some water in, some greens in every day. And then eventually it's like almost like magic. You just keep up at it. Eventually you stop craving the bad stuff. I've this seen is it. Powerful. I've this seen is powerful, it with my man. clients. I've seen yeah. it with myself. And I can't, if you ask me to explain how it works, I can't do it because I don't know. It just works. I think this is one of the most important paradigms that has to be shifted in the wellness industry when we talk about adding in versus taking out. You're right. The ego is pissed. The little kid inside Mm -hmm. wants what it effing wants. I mean, can you explain what happens when we deprive ourselves from the very foods that have comforted the pain that we're trying to push down? What role does the ego play in weight loss? Well, the ego is is what is exactly that part of ourself that is going to do everything it possibly can to keep us in that state of being or living that we know that doesn't work for us because it's comfortable. And that is the key element right there is comfort. When you step outside of that comfort zone, the ego gets reactivated and it starts freaking out. And that's what we experience when we start reaching some, some people, when they, when they start reaching these goals, They get a little freaked out because they're scared of their new self. They're scared of how sexy they're going to look when they reach their weight goals or they reach their fitness goals. It's kind of like, whoa, I'm going to have a new body. This is kind of scary to me. Do you think that relates to self-worthiness? Absolutely. Absolutely. What are are they afraid of? I don't know. I mean, it's it's different for everyone. That's why listening to your body is, is such a powerful thing. For me personally, I was scared because... People were actually going to see my true self, like they were going to see my essence. And this actually resonates with a lot of people and a lot of my clients too say the same thing. They're like, well, I'm actually going to be attractive and people are going to start looking at me and they're going to start talking to me because of this and that. And it's like, well, are you really scared of that or are you scared of the interaction? I mean, are you, you know, are you scared of how you physically feel or are you scared of, you know, making new friends or having this, experiencing this new self? Because our ego wants to keep us in these old patterns, in these old conversations. Mm. But our true self, our higher self, our real self knows like, okay, now that now we're talking, okay, see, this is, this is where we're at here. This is where we want to be. When you experience your life at its fullest, when you have your vibrant health, then, you know, then, then that's out of the comfort zone. But that's where true growth happens. You know, when you step outside of that box of comfort, then, you know, your your journey begins and it's not always the easiest. That's why that is exactly why I say health coaching and personal trainers and everybody in that realm of 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 uh, wellness. That's where they come in, because we can hold your hand. We can mm-hmm. get you to that point. We can give you the the recommendations or the suggestions to take the steps to take to get to that point, to being to having that vibrant health. And the blending of behavior change and how we show up in life. I mean, what we do for fitness is one thing. How we show up in our relationships is another. How we love ourselves and take care of ourselves is a totally separate thing. There's so many pieces Mm -hmm. to this wellness puzzle. You actually wrote one of my favorite chapters in your book, Pizza, Beer, and Yoga, (laughs) Achieving Total Balance. Physical illness, you write, and disease have underlying mental and or emotional imbalances associated with them. What I've discovered through my experience of working with people is that these imbalances are usually not obvious to the person. I myself did not realize I was holding on to physical weight because of the fact I was holding on to negative emotions and thinking patterns from a previous relationship. When we look at this, Michael, you know, for over 10 years, you were at 170, but then you moved to Florida in 2013 with your wife, you know, this, this beautiful healer, you took up water sports and all these different things. You actually lost another 30 pounds. Why did that happen? I mean, what do you feel like the extra 30 pounds was? Why did your body hold on to it? I was actually, well, my wife, like I was saying, she's a yoga instructor and she's incredibly in tune with, with things like energy healing and she's just very intuitive and she just knows when something is off. And she knew that I was still holding on to stuff from previous relationships. So, and, and I don't know how she knew, she just knew. And she's like, well, you know, I, I think there's some transformational work still to be done here. And I was resisting it. Like I, my, my ego came out again. It's like, no, no, I don't think so. I was, like, I was attacked. I felt <laughs> the ego attacked. had the sword. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt attacked. And then, I, you know, I kind of like, 
for for a few months, I was like, hmm. I, I was actually observing my actions, and uh, and I and I come I came to realize, whoa, yeah, you know what? Totally, I was completely, absolutely still having holding on to emotional stuff from my past. And then that's actually she introduced me to the landmark forum, and I did the I did the course, and it and it introduced me to some some additional tools that had me keep peeling away that onion and getting to a place where all the layers were peeled away and I was left with nothingness in my hand. And then from that nothingness, I knew that I was, that I had the, I had the power in my hands to create anything because when you try to create something in a cluttered space, you know, when you have all these thoughts and emotions going on, like I'm, I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, I'm too short, I'm not smart enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm stupid. Hmm. These are all these conversations that a lot of people have. I know I had some of them going on. When you remove all those, then you can, you can start creating. I'm amazing. I'm a healer. I'm intelligent. I'm capable of achieving anything I want in my life. Mm. In order to create those kind of um, contexts, you have to remove all the garbage first. Oh, dude, you know what's really powerful about this is that it took someone coming into your life to be a mirror for you. To show exactly. you, hey, there's something missing. There's a blind spot that we all have. And I've done Landmark Farm as well. I think that the reason the majority of people do not want to do an emotional training, an intelligence leadership training, is because the ego has a really sharp sword. And the mm -hmm. ego says, do not try to mess with me. I'm going to make up as many reasons why it's rhetoric, why it's a cult, why exactly. it's BS, blah, blah, blah. And that's okay. Because when people have experienced enough pain, they're going to start looking for real solutions. And I feel like that's what emotional training did to me. I I want this to be a really big takeaway for you listening right now. You guys, we talked about so many powerful things from Michael from a mechanistic standpoint where he's given us tools about, you know, improving our health and mindset and strategy. He has an amazing book with deep, deep chapters where we'll go into like wells of information. But this emotional intelligence piece, I'm so glad, Michael, our conversation went this way because this is where real transformation happens. You guys, if something Michael said today kind of freaked you out or made you feel uncomfortable, dive in. Because the water's warm. Yes, you're going to cry. Yes, there's going to be onions. It's okay, though. Like, this is the real work that we need to do. So thank you, Michael, for what you've written in this book and, you know, allowing the conversation to be directed this way, man. Well, thank you, Josh, for for creating this this wellness force of knowledge. And, you know, you're an incredible podcaster. And the people you have on your show are incredibly knowledgeable. And, you know, what we're all up to is for the better good and and, and Moving forward in creating progressive solutions for our, for our healthcare system and for people that want solutions that actually work for them and that can give them sustainable weight loss. Thank you for saying that. And this is the last part of the show. Michael, before we say goodbye, this is seven quick questions for seven top of mind answers. Are you game? I am down. Now, when we look at a message or a mantra, what's something you might say to yourself when your back is pressed against the wall or stress starts to win? What is a mantra that you go to? Leap and then the net will appear. Oh, I love this. That's actually a meme that I've posted on my Instagram, not to give me a self shout out, <laughs> but I, I resonate with that. If there was just one thing in health and wellness, the entire industry, you could change. What would that be and why? Get the drug ads off of TV, off of radio. Get them out of there. They need to go. If any show you try to watch, it's like every other commercial is like, talk to your doctor yeah. about this, talk to your doctor about that. <laughs> I mean, it's if you think about it, it's not it's 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 illegal for them to market directly to the consumer, to the patient. But because of that simple statement, talk to your doctor about, they are legally able to say that, but they're technically marketing directly to us, and that's not fair. That's not cool. Oh. This reminds me of your chapter four, where you say, what the hell is that? Let's crash this chemical party. We're going to have to have you back on the show at some point to talk about food labels and how people can disseminate that information. That is powerful. Question number three, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, what's your vision for Michael and transformative nutrition? You know, I'm still actually figuring that out myself and I want to be myself. You know, I want to, I want to be my powerful, the highest version of my powerful self. That's how I want to be. What do you think that looks like? What it looks like, you know, at this point, reaching as many people as I possibly can, you know, whether it be like TED Talk or Dr. Oz, I don't know, you know, what, what it looks like, but it looks like something. And I have a message that I'm going to get out there if it takes me my whole life. And I'm determined to do that. What is your favorite way to practice self-love? 
gotta be meditation and yoga. Love it. And it's like the, the, the two things that get me connected to my higher self and to my spiritual essence more than anything. Wellness Force. Guys, every single guest that comes on the show mentions meditation. I think there's something we should be looking at here. <laughs> I think this is a bigger deal than we realize. What are your go-to foods, though, when you travel? I mean, to deal with the stress of traveling, what are some of the foods you always take with you? That's a good one. And it, that's I tend to have trouble when I'm traveling and eating healthy. But, you know, when I when I travel, especially locally or road trips, I always pack a cooler and I put my own foods in there as much as possible, as much as I possibly can. And then I like to look, I like to go for my technology. I take on my phone, organic restaurants or co-ops in the area, uh, you know, and then I'll go and get food and I'll make my own food as much as possible. Or I'll go, I'll support any, you know, local sustainable organic restaurants when I can, you know, and if, and if I absolutely have to, then I'll go to, you know, an, an, a restaurant and, you know, a regular restaurant and order the best option on the menu, you know, in my, whatever I feel like eating that day, you know. Do you have a special app you use or just Google maps? I use Google maps and I sometimes try Yelp and then um, also TripAdvisor. You know, you, there's, I've rarely found a place that I've been to is in the United States that I haven't been able to find either organic restaurant or a, I've, I've, I've even found some really amazing organic sustainable restaurants that compost that use our renewable energy that, you know, are into everything that I'm into, you know, green living, growing their own, all of it, you know, and you find this stuff when you just search for it and, and they come up and you can read reviews and you can, it's pretty awesome technology. I mean, you know, you're, you're gearing to more towards that with your, with your programs and everything. And that's kind of where everything is going more in that direction. I think so. Question number six is balance possible in life or is life just a series of balancing people, events and responsibilities? I absolutely think that balance is possible because we live in an imbalanced world. So, you know, if you look at nature, nature is perfectly balanced. And if we're a part of that, if we're a part of that, if we're connected to it, then that mean, that only means that we have the potential to be balanced and letting ourselves just be and live and be human and, and have, have the junk food every once in a while. But, you know, go knowing that we're on a track to being healthy, that's where balance is. And that's where you can actually find it and sustain it. Last question, Michael, what is wellness to you? What is your personal definition of wellness? My personal definition of wellness is living and being and experiencing your highest self, your, your most vibrant health at all times. Not only just the absence of disease and illness, but being fully and totally in tune with your life and your health as it is right now and loving your life fully in every area, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because of mainstream brainwashing and low quality fast foods and archaic traditions and some of the weapons of mass distraction, I think we've become really disconnected from who and you know what we really are. We're disconnected from our bodies, but I think that's rapidly reversing and we're in the process of taking back taking back our health into our hands and reconnecting to the earth doctors we really are. I mean, we're you know, we're these we're these we're these healers and you know Understanding how every thought and every feeling, every action, every emotion, every word you speak is intimately connected to how you feel, how you look, how you eat, what you eat. And, you know, it's when you really think about it, we are the doctor. You know, you are the healer, the shaman, the teacher and the student and have the ability and free will to discover what resonates, what feels right to your whole being, not just your physical body, but also your consciousness, which is a deeper level of who you really are in all areas of your life. And I encourage you, I encourage every listener to start really listening to your body. It has endless, 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 endless things to communicate with you. Where can people learn more about you? The best place to learn about me and what I do is to visit my website, and that's godoctoryourself.com. And on my website, you can check out my book. I have a free sample of my book. And on my website, I have a free newsletter you can subscribe to, and it's got amazing uh, expert written articles by written by me myself personally. And I also have recipe ideas. I have free giveaways sometimes. And I also have all my social media platforms on there. I, I'm on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, LinkedIn, Google+. Again, my website is godoctoryourself.com. Michael, I have to pause and thank you because you're inspiring transformation in the way that people eat, think and feel, live. And most importantly, love. Michael Tomez, thank you for staying in your power and giving us your gifts. Thank you, Josh. It's been a wonderful pleasure. 
That is a wrap for episode 54. Thank you for sticking around to the end of the show. Michael is my definite wellness brother from another wellness mother. Can you believe what it would be like to let go of 100 pounds? Well, Michael has done that. Make sure you check out the show notes from today at wellnessforce.com slash 100 pounds. Learn more about Michael. Download all the free resources from today's show. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friend or leave a review. I depend on your energy and voice to learn about new guests for the show and to make this show even better. At the end of the day, this show is about all of us, not just me talking to you through the microphone, even though I so enjoy it. Please message me, Josh, at wellnessforce.com if we can make the show even better. Also, if you want to leave me a live voicemail, do that right now. Well, don't do it if you're driving. I mean, pull over, be safe. You can go to wellnessforce.com slash voicemail. Leave me a 90 second or less voicemail. Go ahead and tell me your thoughts. What are you working on? What are you excited about? What do you need help with? I am there for you just like I am here every Tuesday on Wellness Force. Now, all you have to do is go have an amazing day with all the tools and the inspiration we got today from Michael and every other guest that's been on the show. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness. 